Uh, you know, I had one of the greatest surprises I've ever had here this morning because when I walked in, uh, you know, I was here with the new time and I looked at the clock up there and it said 7.15. And I thought, I get an extra hour to teach this morning. And then Larry, who is uh, uh, doing the photography, uh, you know, he's videoing this. He uh, uh, said, we're quitting after an hour, Joel. Just want you to know. So, but... Um, yeah, I'm glad you made it. If there are people who uh, get here at 9.30 and forgot to set their clock, they will be a half an hour early for the second service. So, um, but we're glad that you're here today. Uh, please continue to um, remember that uh, the Czech uh, trip that uh, these, these young people and, and Josh and Susan and, and uh, Tony are on uh, Sounds like they're really being used by the Lord, and that's what you want. And I, I pray that it's not only a ministry to, you know, to the youth there, but I pray it's a ministry in our kids' lives, in our adults' lives, and in the missionaries' lives as, they, as this group goes around representing Jesus. And I pray that people see Jesus in them. Um, I think it's said that uh, 1% of the Czech Republic know Jesus as Lord and Savior. And so they're dealing with the 99%. I find it interesting in the scripture that, uh, that in Romans, you know, we, I was just thinking about the songs we sang this morning and the cross, it all goes back to the cross and, you know, that, that's how we're able to be justified. But when you look at the book of Romans, the letter that Paul writes to the Romans, he spends four chapters on how to get right with God and what Jesus did. But then he, spent, he spends 12 chapters on who you are and how to live as the Christian you are. He spends the majority of the book talking, addressing Christians and saying there's more to just this salvation than forgiveness of sins and uh, becoming this new creation. There, there's more to Christianity than just forgiveness of sins. And, and I pray we're getting that as we're looking at the results of, of what it means to uh, uh, be justified. But then now we're beyond that and we're looking at what happened when we became Christians. He talks about the results of justification in chapters 5 through 8 especially. So I, I pray that you get that. It's really important to understand that truth. So, uh, Father, we, we pray that we would we would grasp what we're looking at in chapters 5, 6, 7, and 8 of Romans. This is, this is powerful, powerful truth. And I thank you that we... Uh, I thank you that you, you preserved this letter, you inspired this letter by the Apostle Paul to the Roman Christians so that we would benefit not only in terms of how to become a Christian and the forgiveness of sins, and the new life that that promises. But, but also, you, t you go more and say there's more to this salvation than this just being justified, legally made right with you. Uh, there's more to that, and I pray that those of us who are Christians here grasp this. And as I, I'm so excited about teaching Romans chapter 6, I can hardly stand it. Uh, it's hard for me to stop when I, I do because it's, it's so powerful. But I, I just pray that it, 
once again, we would get what's being communicated in these, in these words. Um, and uh, so thank you that we, we get to look at this letter once again this morning. May, may these verses and what they teach get a grip on us. And they'll change us if we do. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If you turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 6. And um, last week we saw that this section of Scripture, really it starts in chapter 5, verse 1, when it says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, therefore having become legally right or just with Almighty God, with a holy God, by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, now that you are a Christian, here are the results of that. Therefore, having been justified by the Lord Jesus Christ, and he starts naming them. We have peace with God, and we have God's presence with it. We've been introduced to God, and we, we have a future with God. And, and God's even using the hardest things about life, our pressures that we go through. He's using the toughest things about life and tells us we should exalt in them because they lead to you growing up and to me growing up in Jesus Christ. And then he starts in chapter 5, verse 11, and he says, exalt in God. And remember we saw that word exalt means to praise, or it literally means to boast. That God, I, I boast in you. I, 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 I praise you. I am in awe of you, who you are and what you've done. God, I exalt in you. And he says the reason why is because God has reconciled us. Not only has he justified us, but he's reconciled us. And that word reconcile means a change or exchange. He's done something that made a change in our lives. That This thing was exchanged for this. And we, we saw in chapter 5, verses uh, really 12 through, through 21, we, we, we saw what, he, what he's done there. Before we were reconciled, before this great change or exchange took place, we were, we were helpless and we were ungodly and we were, we were sinners by nature and we were enemies of God and we were death reigned in our lives. That's all we saw. Life didn't reign, death reigned. And that's what we saw and we were condemned and we were in Adam. And that's who we were before we became Christians, before we were justified and reconciled with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he tells us afterward, we become, you know, once we become Christians, once we come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior, that, that he, 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 we find that we're adequate and we're godly and we are saints by nature. That word saint means a holy one by nature. That's who you are now. That's your identity. That's who we are in Jesus Christ. And we are friends with God, and we reign in life. It's life. We don't, we don't see death reigning anymore. We, see, we find ourselves, ourselves reigning in life through Jesus Christ. And the Bible says instead of being condemned, we are now righteous, or that's that word just again. And instead of being in Adam, we're now in Christ. And so you see, we're seeing the changes that took place when we became Christians, and I'd love for us to draw pictures of this. For those of you who are visual learners, you can draw pictures of this. This was me before, and this is me after. This is this, is this new person I am. And I pray that we focus on, you know, instead of talking about our past and who we were, I pray that we focus on who we are now in Jesus Christ. And that that's our focus. 
And the other thing we learned at the end of chapter 5 is you can't out God's grace. I was talking with somebody and they said, I said, what did you get the most? This was a few weeks ago when we went through this, 11 through 21. I said, you, what stood out to you the most from that? And she said that you can't out God's grace. She was so thankful for God's undeserved favor. And thus you see, because that's a true, we become these new people. <laughs> the, the reconciliation has taken place. We've become these new people, and, and, and we can't out God's grace. And so the question that's asked in chapter 6, verse 1 is, shall we continue in sin that grace might increase? In other words, shall I just keep right on with this lifestyle of sin that I've always been practicing? Because God's grace will be seen all the more. And Paul says, no way. It's almost like, don't you dare think like that. Recognize the, the amazing changes that have taken place in your life. And recognize, and this is what you see in verse 2, you died to sin. You died to it. Why would you continue in a lifestyle of sin when, you, when you're dead to it? And so shall we continue in a lifestyle of sin that grace may increase? May it never be. How shall we who died to sin still live in it? It makes no, no sense because of the new person you are and because God has, has, has made you this new person and he has provided a way so that you can walk in newness of life. Not in sin, but in life. And that's his point in these verses. <laughs> so in chapter 6, verses 1 through 5, we learned that we have died to sin. How, did that, how in the world did that take place? And if you want to draw another picture, it says, <laughs> we died with Christ. We were buried with Christ. We were raised with Christ. Those are the facts that you see in verses 3 through 5. We died with Christ. So somehow, and I don't understand this. I don't, I don't know how to really explain it. it. The Bible just says it's true. That somehow when Jesus died on that cross, not only did he die for our sins so we could be forgiven, but he also died for us as sinners. We as sinners were there with him on that cross and we were buried with him and we were raised with him as saints, new people, his new creation. We were raised with him to walk in newness of life, a whole new life, a life that would be a display, a demonstration of the Lord Jesus Christ in us and through us. That's what God has done. And that's what we learned last week, that we died with Christ, we're buried with Christ, we're raised with Christ, the purpose so we could and would walk in newness of life. And so together, let's explore what that means. And I, I love the phrase, back in chapter 5, verse 10, when we were going through that, in fact, look, look there with me real quick, chapter 5, verse 10. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. 
We were reconciled through his death. We are saved continually, all the time, day after day, moment by moment, by his life, in ours, and through ours. That's God's plan. God's plan is not for you to become a Christian and then you go out and do your best for Jesus. That's what I thought it was for 20 years. I thought that was God's plan, but it isn't at all. His plan is that I continue to trust him, that he lives out the Christian life in me and through me. He is my life. He is your life. And he's made you this new person. And I I pray that we get that, his life through ours. So the question is answered, why continue in a lifestyle of sin since all these facts are true? It's not can we sin. Yes, the Bible teaches we can still sin because we still live in these unredeemed bodies that will someday be redeemed when our bodies physically die. But it's not can we sin as much as why would we because of who he's made us and what he has done and it's continuing to do for us. And keep in mind here that we're looking at identity. We're not looking so much at performance or what we do here. We're looking at who we are. We're looking at identity in these first 10 verses of chapter 6. And in chapter 6, verses 6 through 10, Paul basically repeats what he's just said in chapter 6, verses 1 through 5. So look at, look at verse 1 with me of chapter 6. We're going to read through verse 14. We're going to look at 6 through, six through 10 today. What shall we say then? These are, by the way, these are great verses to memorize. I, I, I've got a lot of it down. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin so that grace may increase? May it never be? How shall we who died to sin still live in it? Or don't you know something? Don't you know that all of us who have been baptized, and we saw last week that means placed into, don't you know that all of us who have been baptized, placed into Christ Jesus, have been baptized, placed into his death. Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old self, literally our old man, who we were in Adam, knowing this, that our old self, old man, was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with, or I like the, the, another translation, and I think it's a better one in this situation, knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be rendered powerless so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died is freed from sin. Now, if we, if we have died with Christ, and I hope we're getting it, we have, we believe we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, is never to die again. Death no longer is master over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Even so... Consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, don't let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its lusts or urges. And don't go on presenting the members of your body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, injustice. But present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. 
For sin shall not be master over you, for you're not under law, you're under grace. If that doesn't turn you on, you must be dead. (laughs) I never heard these truths when I was growing up. I went through seminary and didn't hear these truths. They stopped at chapter 4. My land, such wonderful truth. Knowing this, verse 6, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be rendered powerless so that we'd no longer be slaves to sin for he who has died is freed from sin. And he's making it very clear that we died with Christ. Same thing he said in verse 3. You're no longer under sin's power. You're no longer a slave to sin. Know this. You have the word know in verse 3. You have it in verse 6. You have it in verse 9. And you know the Bible talks about once you become a Christian, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Renewed thinking starts with knowing the truth that transforms. I love those four words, the truth that transforms. It sounds like it'd be a great podcast. In case you didn't know that, uh, we have a podcast, uh, the truth that transforms.com. If you ever want to listen to Dave Triano and myself talk about two guys just traveling through the Christian life together, uh, you might enjoy doing that. <laughs> but see, renewed thinking. Thinking that changes our perspective, it starts with knowing the truth. And what we're learning, and I put this on your handout, what we're learning is that our old man in Adam was crucified with Jesus so that the body of sin might be rendered powerless and we would no longer be slaves to sin. This, this unredeemed body where sin still dwells, as it's described in chapters 7 and 8, it has been rendered powerless. It has no hold of it. Your, your flesh has no hold of you in any way. It still urges you to do wrong. It still urges you to tell you you can't do it or, or you can do it on your own. or you, you, know, you can keep the laws now that you're a Christian. Now you go out and do your best and God will be satisfied. We need to understand that this body of sin can never in its own strength live a, a life that is pleasing to God. It can't do it. It died with Christ. It's been rendered powerless so that we'd no longer be slaves to sin. And so, again, get it. We are to know that we've died. It's an important truth that the apostle will continue to build on. That our old selves in Adam were crucified with Christ. It doesn't say is is being crucified. It has been crucified crucified it's a done thing the old man in Adam is dead and buried and we were raised to a new creation that if you're a Christian and alive today you're no longer who you used to be we 
We no longer have to try and find worth and acceptance and purpose and love and meaning and security in our old man with its, with its sinful thinking and actions by our own fleshly methods of operation. And he's telling us here that sin has been deprived of its strength, its controlling influence. Sin no, no, has no power over a dead person. And we've died with Christ. We're no longer under sin's power. I understand the memories still come back to haunt us at times. And when those happen, we need to say, God, thank you. Jesus, thank you that on the cross you dealt with that sin. Things that from our past that we're ashamed of. Jesus, thank you that you dealt with that sin on the cross. My sins, me as a sinner. Thank you that sin no longer has power over me. Also, it says we were crucified with Jesus, so we're not slaves to sin any longer. Notice that in the last part. So that we would no longer be slaves to sin, for he who has died is freed from sin. We're we're not sin's slaves anymore. We were, but we're not anymore. We're not free from sin in the flesh. I understand that. The Bible says in that Romans 7 especially that that sin still dwells in our mortal bodies, these unredeemed bodies where sin still dwells. Sin in the flesh has not been eradicated. Can we still as Christians sin? The answer is yes because of sin still indwelling these bodies of ours. But our natures who we are, our identity, we are new in Jesus Christ. Sin doesn't dwell there. Our sins have been forgiven, and he, we are not sinners by nature anymore. And by the way, the Holy Spirit, we're going to see this in the fall, <laughs> in chapter 7 and 8. So if you're on the edge of death, you need to wait another six months so we can get this taught to you so that uh, we understand that, that, that God, God, when you became a Christian, one of the results was that the Holy Spirit took up residence in where? Your body, your mortal body, these bodies of flesh. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God came to live in your mortal body, these unredeemed bodies where sin still dwells. And every time we walk by the Spirit, we will not carry out the deeds of the flesh. See, the Holy Spirit is God's gift to us to enable us to walk in victory over these fleshly urges. This sin which still dwells in our mortal bodies. God's solution to my nature was Jesus. God's solution to my body is the Holy Spirit. God is the answer. He's the solution. And when you take all these things into consideration and you realize all that, that, 
God has done and that he's dealt with sin in the body and he's dealt with, you know, uh, sin in the, in the flesh and in, in me as a sinner and for all the sins that I committed. When we, when, when we realize what God has done there, now when we as Christians sin, it's because we choose to, not because we have to. That was the statement that so changed, that, that began, it began the, the, the life that God intends we live for me personally. I was reading through this message by Ray Steadman, and it, it was, he was talking about, you know, the new persons that we had become and, and the, 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 the ability that in, in him to be able to walk in victory over sin. And he made this statement, when, when you, now, because of who God is and who he has made you and what he has done for us, now when we as Christians sin, it's because you choose to, not because you have to. And I thought, oh, my land. I didn't ever even realize I had a choice. I still looked at myself as a sinner by nature. And what's a sinner do? They sin. It's because we choose to, not because we have to. And as Christians, when we understand this, as Christians, when we sin, we're doing something we're not. It's not who you are. If you're a holy one by nature, that's what should show up. Why would we make provision for even one sin, let alone a continual lifestyle of sin? It's not even who you are. It's hypocrisy. That's truly a, a hypocritical Christian when a Christian is not revealing the life of Jesus through him or her. And so as we saw last week, we've died with Christ. Praise the Lord, I've died. <laughs> Celebrate. As we said last week, have your funeral. Invite your friends to your funeral. Invite Mary Lee, she'll sing that song. <laughs> oh, she's mortified right now. Mm. You know, over in Colossians 3, turn there if you would. Colossians is just a little ways beyond First and Second Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. And turn to chapter 3. Man, my time is flying here. Oh, I've got an extra hour, so I'm all right. Okay, <laughs> chapter 3, verse 1. Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things that, you know, if you have been raised up with Christ, have we? The answer is yes. Keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on the earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you'll also be revealed with him in glory. Therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, greed, which amounts to idolatry. For it is because of these things that the wrath of God will come upon these sons of disobedience. That's, those are people who aren't Christians. And in them, you, these deeds here, you, you also once walked when you were living in them. 
But now you also put them all aside. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, abusive speech from your mouth. Don't lie to one another since you've laid aside the old self, the old man with its evil practices and have put on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. In other words, God created us in his image. So live that way. Back to Romans, Romans chapter 6, verse 8. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, is never to die again. Death no longer is master over him, but the, life that he, but the death that he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. Fully know this. If we have died with Christ, and the answer is yes, we have. If you're a Christian, you have. Be convinced after verses 1 through 7. But if we have died with Christ, we believe. It's this life of faith. We believe we'll also live with him. Not only, are we, not only have we died with Christ, but we're absolutely certain that we'll also live with him, both in the future and now. He's talking about we're still here on this earth. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, kind of in many ways wraps up the whole thing. I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by faith in him. That Colossians 3, 4 says Christ is our life. So Jesus was raised. We were raised. Jesus is our life. We live with him. Knowing, again, verse 9, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, he, he's this risen Lord, never to die again. Death's power to master him is finished. He's this victorious conqueror of sin and death and Satan. And his resurrection is proof that sin and death and we as sinners were forever dealt with. That death that he died, he died to sin once for all. It was once, only once. That's what it took, but that's all it took. Understand, the work is done. And since he was raised in victory over dead, since he lives in his victory, you know, and is victorious over sin, and since we live with him, we can walk in victory over sin also. It's a life of faith. That the certainty of our new life in Christ is, is rooted in Christ once for all death and resurrection. He's alive. And then in the last part of verse 10 there, he really uh, kind of stresses what he's been getting to there. The life that he lives, the life that Jesus lives, he lives to God. Remember we saw back in chapter 5, 5 verse 10, we shall be saved by his life. It's the same concept here. The life that Jesus lives, he lives to God. And where does Jesus live? He lives in us. He's taken up residence in our spirits. Christ is in us. He's continually living his life out to God the Father. In us, through us. I 
put on your handout, the life that Jesus lives, he lives to God. It's an ongoing life, and he lives it in and through people like us. Man, this this is such good truth. It's such liberating truth, because the Christian life does not depend on me. It depends upon whether I have trust in this one who lives within me. Faith, I became a Christian by faith in the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ. I live, I I live as a Christian by faith. And that's how newness of life is displayed. Through Jesus, we've been raised from the dead so that we can live to God. Alive to God in Christ Jesus. Praise God, I'm alive. Again, have a celebration party. I put on your handout, on the bulletin as well as the back-to-back thing, in order to walk in newness of life, life as God intends, a God-pleasing life, we have to understand that Jesus died for us and we, who we were in Adam, died with him on that cross. In order to walk in newness of life, we have to understand that Jesus was raised from the dead and we were raised with him, his new creation, we're now in Christ. The purpose of his death and resurrection and our death and resurrection was so that we would walk in newness of life, not in the old lifestyle of sin. Remember the question in verse 1, you know, shall we continue in sin, in a lifestyle of sin that grace may increase? Walking in a lifestyle of sin as a Christian is contrary to everything God has done and who we've been made in Christ. Know these things. We are not who we used to be. We are new in Christ, and our thinking, actions, speech, and choices should reveal these facts. And what's this life look like in everyday life? It looks like we're choosing to trust our Lord no matter what our circumstances. It looks like choosing to believe His words and remembering that we have presented our bodies to Him to be used as He chooses, not as we choose. It looks like making the choice to consider the facts of Romans chapter 6 verses 1 through 10 true, trusting him, making the choice to, in his strength, love and serve those he brings into our lives. And so I wrote out the prayer. Our Father, these are facts we're looking at. Facts. They're not debatable. They're not based upon how we feel at the moment. I may feel like a sinner at times, but your word teaches me that I am a saint. I may feel the walk of the Christian is impossible for me to live, but you say it's in every way possible. These facts are grounded in your son's death, burial, and resurrection. Please teach us all that they mean and how they can impact our daily living. They're so far beyond us that we have trouble grasping, then believing and acting on them. But we want to know. We want to believe. We want to act. Thank you for your plan. Thank you for writing your, way, writing your ways down in the scriptures. Thank you that you have provided for newness of life to be our daily walk. And Jesus, we are saved daily by your life. Live to the Father in and through us. And together we say, Amen. Amen.
you'd like to pray with somebody afterward, I know Jan and Henry are going to be up here in front. It might just be a prayer of thanks. God, thank you. I just want to pray with somebody and thank you with somebody else. I want to pray. I want to pray with somebody that. Uh,